deplore the demonstrations that are presently taking place, but I'm sorry that your statement did not express a similar concern for the conditions that brought the demonstrations into being. Go beyond the superficial social analysis who looks merely at the effects and grapple with the underlying causes. Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. You warmly commended keeping order and preventing violence. I don't believe you would if you had seen angry, violent dogs biting unarmed, nonviolent Negroes, if you would observe their ugly and inhumane treatment. Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. We will have to repent in this generation, not merely for the vitriolic words and actions of the bad people, but for the appalling silence of the good people. Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. We must come to see that human progress never rolls in on wheels of inevitability. It comes through the tireless efforts and persistent work of men willing to be co-workers with God. And without this hard work, time itself becomes an ally of the forces of social stagnation. Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. When I think of repentance, especially when it comes to letters like MLK, and some of the civil rights leaders, I actually get stuck into the notion of Nehemiah. Because when Nehemiah came back from a city destroyed, from the exile, he comes back and he retells the entire history of Israel. He said, we have not honored since the beginning when God showed up for Abraham, gave him a faithful heart. And throughout chapter nine, he said, but then we rebelled. He said, but then we went to Egypt and we were oppressed and we were liberated but then we rebelled. We received God's spirit to move forward and we found freedom and land and prosperity. And then we rebelled. And he keeps counting. Now, none of these people were alive for any of those years, but they saw themselves connected by story until he gets to 926. And he's coming so close to their present day. And he's talking about the fathers of the people who would have killed the prophets, the fathers of the people who would be in the land. And said, they became rebellious and revolted against you, God. They threw your law behind their backs and killed your prophets who admonished them in order to bring them back to you. And as soon as they received rest from your punishment, they did evil again before you. And this is what MLK brings to mind for repentance. Because MLK was a prophet for America. He called out the generational sins of America. And we killed him. So part of our repentance would be recognizing the prophetic voice in his words when he came and said, I have been disappointed with the white church and its leadership. All too many have been more cautious than courageous and have remained silent behind the security of stained glass windows. They've remained silent inside the church, telling the stories of Exodus, telling the stories of a God who showed up, telling stories of exile, and generational sins while denying that it could take place in our country, denying that that white people can be a part of that because that was them, that was other, and we personalize it, we shrink it, we make it a household event, not a social narrative. 
So repentance to me sounds like hearing the voice of the prophet. And as um, Martin Luther King Jr. said, just like the prophets of old said, they gave us a path back. They gave us the act of repentance. He said, you've been more cautious than courageous when it comes to other people's suffering. So the act of repentance looks like for um, people with my sensitivity to sunlight, it would look like engaging voices that come from the group to say, I can tell you how to repent. You can't come up with it on your own. But if you listen to our pain, our struggle, if you see how the black indigenous and people of color experience is not the same as what we say is the normal experience for America. When you realize that when you say normal, you think white, um, it can shed light on what repentance looks like and allows us to do it on small scale as well. And then at some point, I think we'll move past that moment to where MLK said, I recognize that you deplore the demonstrations taking place, but he said, I am hurt that you fail to express a similar concern for the conditions that prodded this demonstration. And I've heard that same need for repentance with all the protests that happened in the last year, where when we hear them, we don't hear the pains of the voices saying, we need to repent generationally, because we can call back from our forefathers. And actually in um, Canada and America are much the same in this. We have a lot of laws about protection and freedom, but there's a lot of people that were not covered by those laws. All men were created equal, just not all people were considered men. And that is the task that we have to name, just like Nehemiah did, to say these generations have continued cycles of abuses so that once more we can put the law of God before us and say, how do we create a path toward reconciliation? And that to me is the call of MLK to us. I appreciated a lot of, a lot of what you had to, to say with, with what you brought forward there, um, especially connecting repentance um, to the act of remembering. Um, but I also like how you connected repentance to the future reconciliation, that, that it becomes the pathway, it becomes the steps that we take. It, you know what I mean? It becomes uh, the, the narrow passage in a sense, you know, you know what I mean, for us to, to, for us to get there. And, and I find it interesting in listening to what you, what you shared and then thinking about MLK and that prophetic tradition. Um, and it may, I couldn't help but think of MLK's words of, I, I may not get there with you. Um, and then eventually was, I probably won't get there with you. Um, and there's this notion that the, pro, the prophetic can see the pathway to, to repentance, but because they name it, they're often killed for it. They're often cut out of what repentance would actually look like, the, 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 the promised land of reconciliation in a sense. Um, and so I, I, I can really appreciate what that looks like, like I can appreciate what you had to say and I can appreciate that we could picture what it actually begins to look like in light of what Martin Luther King brought to the table in light of what Nehemiah had to say to the people of Israel that the act of remembering calls us into the future, actually. And so I really, I really appreciated that, man. I really liked the ways that you kind of touched it down, uh, at least for me as someone who's living here in the US for me and just some of the real experiences that have happened um, in this past year. 
um, with a lot of the different protests that have been happening. And I think there's, um, I think for a lot of people who may not be living in extremely oppressed reality or have wherever, whatever their context is there, they've been able to find some sense of comfortable and quiet. Um, it's really kind of hard to say like, oh, you need to repent. Um, or there's this question of what do I need to repent for? How do I repent? Um, I like that one, you brought up this uh, idea of like, well, why don't you ask? Like those who are oppressed will tell you what the actions and steps that need to be taken are. Um, I remember when I went to Israel for uh, a class with my school, um, we had a lot of talks on both uh, both from Israel's side and then talks from people who were had the Palestinian experience. And it was just really interesting to me that on Israel's side, they would say, you know, oh, this is an extremely complicated situation. There's no like actual path out. Like there's nothing we can really do to make this better. Um, but then you talk to someone who is on the uh, who's experienced forms of oppression on the Palestinian side, they can give you 10 quick things. Like if you can just make me a citizen of this of this land, if we can have just some basic rights, if I can just have continuous power, if I don't have to, um, if, if it could just be easy for me to get a cell phone, um, if I can just go see my daughter in the hospital in on Israel's side and I, I don't have to get permission to be there for two hours. Like they have very simple things that make it easy to sort of pursue these acts of repentance. Um, so I think that's a really important thing, like one, to just ask the people who are oppressed, like what needs to be done instead of trying to make up your own sort of path to repentance. Um, but then also, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the kind of examples that you gave about the last year here in the US, especially um, with the protests, um, when a lot of the Black Lives Matter protests were happening, I heard a lot of people in the church say, you know, oh, this is wrong. Like they're causing so much destruction. They're being so violent and chaotic. They're um, burning things um, and they're no one's going to listen to them if they act like this instead of actually repenting the conditions that caused them to react like that. Um, and then when uh, people who were Trump supporters um, and conservative people stormed the Capitol, um, I didn't hear anything, any sort of act of repentance when that same behavior was uh, being used and maybe even you could say more aggressive and violent behavior was happening. Um, instead, they were people were trying to say, no, that was just Black Lives Matter movements. They were just disguised um, as them. Um, so I think there are a lot of real life examples of things that we we need to still repent for. Um, there's a lot of ways the church is still not listening. There's a lot of ways the white moderate is still not listening. Um, and I think a lot of people can say, will say and have said, oh, but it's it's not like the 50s and the 60s. You know, things are a lot better now but there's still a lot that we need to repent for. Um, and there's a lot of work that needs to be done. So Glenn, thank you for kind of bringing those things to light for me. I love what uh, you brought up for the work just because with what you're pointing to of it's that transition is so much better than the fifties. We got it right in the sixties because MLK said in his, in his line at the end of you deploy my demonstrations is you become content with the superficial kind of social analysis that deals merely with effects and does not 
grapple with causes. And you're right. It's like we pacify ourselves with trying to say easy juxtaposition. Well, we're better than that country over there, or we're better than a previous time period. It's like there's causes. It's like, eh, the causes make me uncomfortable. So let's just go with easy analysis. It's interesting. Interesting listening to to that, and, and like listening to to the responses and, and how you guys are processing, and. I think like like it's interesting. Like it was just like like a couple of days ago. It was um, the 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 anniversary of a uh, of Ahmad Aubrey's murder, um, and I, I think it was the same day or maybe a couple of days before that. Um, a, a, a white supremacist guy shot three um, high school like high school students um, at a gas station, uh, killed two of them, and the other one is in the hospital fighting for their lives, for the, for his life. Um, and for, for for me, like it's very, it's like yes, those things are those things are present and 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 they're still there. We can, and and I and I want to do the work of calling people to to repentance and things like that. But I know as as a black man, um, I don't necessarily like I don't have I don't necessarily have the strength to name those things anymore for people. Like I I don't have the, I don't have the strength to sit in those conversations. Um, like it's, it's like I just it's just like, dude, it's so it's so obvious. Why 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 is this even a thing? Like oh, law and order, law and order. It's like like absolute nonsense. You know, you know, you know what I mean. And I just don't have the, I don't have the capacity to to sit and listen to um, the silence that that comes from it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's deafening. Um, you know, like to to talk about the name of this series, like 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 the violence of waiting, mm -hmm. right? Like like. Every second that we wait is another is, is is someone else being oppressed, someone else being killed, somebody else being murdered. Right? Like we look at one year since the the, the, the protest, like all, you know, it's, it's well eight about nine months since the pro since the protests all kind of took off in 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 the in the June I think it was June uh, end of May uh, of twenty twenty, and reality is is that nothing's really changed. Right. And so like all these radical calls for repentance, like you saw different churches and different people like progressives and be like, hey, we're championing this cause. And it's like, ain't nothing really changed. Like just a week ago, three young black men were murdered simply because they were black. And I and, and it's almost like it's like it feels like it's more blatant almost even. Right. Mm -hmm. And so because because of that. I, I, I like like when when I, when I hear like naming of like like specific events in this moment like this is what we need to repent of. I don't know why it, it fills me with a sense of hopelessness because mm -hmm. I just don't think it will ever happen. I don't think that that the people who need to repent in these moments will ever repent, and it will ever change. Like I, that's just that's just how I feel as I'm as I'm listening. Like those were emotions that were coming to the surface in, in the midst of that for me. Mm -hmm. It makes sense, at least for the last news report I just saw come out uh, a couple days ago, was the big thing of a 16-year-old um, black kid getting arrested for, um, they said, walking home while black. And they've released some of the tapes, and it's literally being accosted when it's snow everywhere. So it's it's not like the kid had places else other to walk other on the side of the road rather than the sidewalk because none of the sidewalks were cleared and he starts getting har harassed because he has a mask on and he's black and young 
And it's one of those, like, if we can't see, if we can't accept that that's a real experience, um, then I don't think it's a matter of proof. I do think that what holds up this act of repentance is a lack of faith in other people. We, we won't put our faith in, when I say we, speaking of um, the white moderates usually, uh, our, the white progressives tend to be impotent towards action. The white moderates tend to slow things down and say, we need to wait and see. Um, and we won't take the risk, have the gamble of faith we always talk about and saying, I will trust your experience, your view. When you tell me righteousness doesn't reach you, when you say the streams have been stopped up, that it doesn't bring life to your lands, I will take that as a matter of faith to say, yes, I will trust this. Um, and so I think this act of repentance really is bottlenecked at our lack of faith in each other. That's good. Um, thank you, Carl, for sharing. Um, how that just feels for you. Um, I can say that that's, um, it's completely understandable, especially just with the reality of how things are. Um, and we can, you know, preach all these different types of things and say, we can try to hold on to all these ideals, but sometimes it just feels like the ideals get further and further away from what we actually experience um and it just feels like you know after t enough generations um i think there comes a point where you know the trauma gets passed from generation to generation and then it just becomes enough how much more how much longer um and i think even if we look at scripture there came a point where um israel just fell apart um they 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 could have been a certain type of nation, but what they chose to be was so far from that. And as a nation, as a people group, they fell apart. Um, and sometimes I think that, that has to happen, even as a person who considers themselves a, a, a person of faith, like sometimes I want to pray, like let it fall apart. Um, just let it fall apart because it's not working. Um, and too many people are being hurt and abused through these systems. So at some point, when should our prayer be? Let it, let it fall apart. Let it stop because the hope for fixing a system that is so utterly broken is just not there. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. And, and I, I would say just bringing it back to like, like to that notion of repentance. Um, I, like, like I, I would say, like what you're saying is is in line with it because. I think we think repentance means put it like, how do we fix it? And I think to me, re repentance means how do we smash the systems of oppression? Mm -hmm. Right. And so repentance is not just let it fall apart. It's like, how do we dismantle it? Like yeah. intentionally pull it apart, break it down. Uh, we can let let's repurpose it and reconstruct something that is equitable, something that is just something that does allow righteousness to, to flow like, uh, like waters and, and, or, but I'm, I'm injustice to flow like waters and righteousness to flow like a mighty stream. You know what I mean? Um, like, mm -hmm. like, how do we actually like, like, like we can, we can, something can be built from the, from the ashes of what we, we, we intentionally burn down um, or unintentionally burn down. If we don't begin to actually think about, we don't actually begin to do something about it. 
I think you're right that um, at least when we look at repentance within the story of Jesus, um, it was that very declaration of not the system can get by. It was this system can't function. We need a new story. So for the repent to follow Jesus wasn't a call to a different kind of militant um, endeavor to throw off Rome. He said, we, we have to have a story that doesn't end in Rome and Jerusalem squaring off with swords drawn. Yeah. Because this story can only end one way. I think we've gotten stuck in that notion that we don't want to name that repentance for Canada and America. Because like you said, Carl, um, Trudeau has apologized, repented multiple times as a symbol. Um, but unless what that looks like is saying how we've gotten here cannot get us where we need to go. So we must have a sit down to dismantle all the things that got us here. Final thoughts uh, for the topic of repentance. Um, there's so much, and I know that I'm going to be sitting with this um, for a few days. I'm excited to talk about this together with our community. Um, I think repentance is breaking the system. It's breaking the cycle um, and it is connected to certain actions. Repentance isn't just a, a surreal sort of ideal that you can scream into the void. It's connected um, to actions that show that you want to live into this changed reality and you want to make sure that those systems that were there before do not exist anymore. Um, there is a breaking of the cycle so that the cycle does not repeat. Um, I think that that is the repentance that we should be moving towards. Yeah, that's good. Um, and I, I would say that, yeah, like repentance, just echoing what I said before, it has to be material, but I think it's actually the, the deconstruction of, of, of the material in a sense in order to repurpose that material towards equitable and actionable justice not just not just ideas of justice theoretical justice wouldn't that be just if we did these things but we can actually like, like there's there's like we have so much resources in the world around us so much resources in the body of christ that if we just began to actually dismantle the oppressive systems and repurpose the resources that we have it wouldn't actually be that difficult for us to repent and then begin to actually build uh, a different world. Like, you know, you know what I mean? To actually build the world of justice, um, to actually live in that space. I, the, the hardest part is, is the, 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 the metanoia part is the changing of the mind part um, because the resources are there. The manpower is there in a sense, the it's, it's, it's all there. If we could actually wrap our heads around the fact that we need to change what we're doing. It's not working. Uh, I know as I hear some of that, especially with the notions of we've been discussing that whatever repentance is, is tangible, material, and action-oriented. That It just reminds me that why when we talk about this, especially at a societal level, it's so scary. Because if we say, and I've heard this from you know, some of my older uh, family members, when I talk about these kind of things, they say, you just want to burn down our country. I was like, well, no, we, we need to understand repentance as part of the, the um, deconstruction and the reconstruction. This, this isn't the end goal, isn't to burn down. 
the end goal is to build something more beautiful, more just, and more equitable for all. Mm-hmm. And so when we look towards this, why it's important and why we must act, even though we will never be able to act perfectly, is because we must start the process of trying to build together again, which means for me, it's a call for the church to stop trying to vet everyone so passionately when we disagree and learn how to stand with. Because we don't do a good job of standing with. We do a good job of um, apathetically sitting back and saying, well, it doesn't affect me, so I get time to think about it. And repentance would be the call to stand with. That's good. Um, Well, to close out our conversation today, I thought it would be appropriate to just close with Reverend Dr. King's words himself, um, a quote from letter from a Birmingham jail. And Dr. King states, we will have to repent in this generation, not merely for the hateful words and actions of the bad people, but for the appalling silence of the good people.